Chapter Thirteen of Gretchen by Mary Jane Holmes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirteen, The Woman. They had slept later than usual at the Park House that morning, and Frank and his family were just sitting down to breakfast when John, with a white, scared face, looked in and said, "Excuse me, Mister Tracy, but something dreadful has happened. There's a woman frozen to death in the tramp house with a baby, and Harold Hastings found them." he is here sir he will tell you himself and he went for the boy who soon entered the room followed by every servant in the house harold had come upon john in the stable and sinking down exhausted upon the hay had told his story while the man listened terror-stricken and open-mouthed then seeing how weak and tired harold seemed and how he sank back upon the hay when he attempted to rise he took him in his arms and carrying him to the kitchen left him there while he went with the news to his master a woman dead in the tramp house and a baby frank exclaimed and for an instant he felt as if he were dying for there flashed over him a conviction that the woman had come in the train the previous night and that it was her cry for help which had been borne to him on the winds and to which he had paid no heed are you sick are you going to faint his wife said to him as she saw how white he grew as harold related the particulars of his finding the woman and the child i am not going to faint but it makes me sick and shaky to think of a woman freezing to death so near us that if she had cried for help we might perhaps have heard her frank replied then turning to harold he continued how did she look was she young was she pretty was she dark or fair he almost gasped the last word as if it choked him and no one guessed how anxiously he waited for harold's answer i don't know it was so dark in there and cold and i was afraid some of the time and in a hurry i only know that her nose was long and large for i touched it when i was trying to get at the little girl and it was so cold oh oh and harold shuddered as if he still felt the icy touch of the dead a long nose and a large one frank said involuntarily while a sigh of relief escaped him as he remembered that the nose of the picture in his brother's room was neither long nor large still harold might be mistaken and though he had no cause for believing that the woman lying dead in the tramp house was gretchen there was a horrible feeling in his heart while a lump came into his throat and affected his speech which was thick and indistinct as he rose from his chair at last and said to john we have no time to lose hitch the horses to the long sleigh as quick as you can we must go to the tramp house after the woman and send to the village for a doctor and telegraph to springfield for the coroner i suppose there must be an inquest and dolly see that a room is prepared for the body oh frank must it come here why not take it to the cottage the child is there mrs tracy said i tell you that woman must come here was frank's decided reply as he began to make himself ready for the ride don't tell arthur yet he said as he left the house and took his seat in the sleigh which was soon ploughing its way through the snowbanks in the direction of the tramp house it was harold who acted as master of ceremonies for john was nervous and hung back from the half-open door while frank was too much unstrung to know just what he was doing or saying as he squeezed through the narrow space and then stood for a moment snow-blind and dizzy in the cheerless room harold was not afraid now he had been there before and seen and touched the white face of the corpse and he went fearlessly up to it followed by frank who could scarcely stand and who laid his hand for support on harold's shoulder and then turned curiously and eagerly toward the woman 
john had lingered outside shovelling the snow from the door which he succeeded in opening wide so that the full broad sunlight fell upon the face which was neither young nor pretty nor fair while the hair was black as night frank noted all these points at a glance and could have shouted aloud for joy so great was the revulsion of his feelings it was not gretchen lying there before him and he was not a murderer as he had accused himself of being for this woman did not come by the train she had no connection with tracy park she was going somewhere else to collingwood perhaps when overcome by the storm and the cold she had sought shelter for the night in this wretched place i suppose the proper thing to do is to leave her here till the coroner can see her he said to john but no train can get through from springfield to-day i am sure and i shall have her taken to the park bring me the blankets from the sleigh he was very collected now for a great load was lifted from his mind had she nothing with her nothing to cover her he asked as they proceeded to wrap her in the warm blankets which had they sooner come would have saved her life harold told him again of the carpet-bag and the cloak and the shawl which had covered the child and added that's all there don't seem to be anything else oh what's this and stooping down he picked up some hard substance which she had kicked against the table it proved to be one of those olive-wood candlesticks so convenient in travelling as when not in use they can be made into a small round box or ball and take but little room it contained the remains of a wax candle which had burned down into the socket and then gone out near by upon the floor was a tiny box of matches with two or three charred ones among them the poor woman must have had a light for at least a portion of the time frank said as he picked up the box she had i know she had harold cried excitedly for i saw it and told grandma so it was like she had opened the door and let out a big blaze and then everything was dark as if the door was shut or the wind had blown the candle out what time was that do you think frank asked it must have been about eleven harold replied for i remember hearing the clock strike and grandma saying i must go to bed it was so late i was up with her because her foot was so bad and i warmed the poultices frank groaned aloud unmindful of the boy looking so curiously at him for that was the time when he had heard the sound like a human voice in distress he had thought it a fancy then communicated to him by his brother's nervousness but now he was certain it must have been the stranger calling through the storm in the vain hope that somebody would hear and come somebody had heard but no one had come and so in the cold and the darkness with the snow sifting through every crevice and blowing down the wide chimney to the hearth where it made a drift like a grave she had battled for her own life and that of the child beside her saving the latter but losing her own if i had only believed it was a cry frank thought as he wrapped the body in the blankets and buffalo robe as tenderly and reverently as if the stiffened limbs had belonged to his mother he saw as distinctly before him as if painted upon canvas the angry sky the half-open door through which the sleet was driving the light behind and the frantic freezing woman screaming for help while only the winds made answer and the pitiless storm raged on this was the picture which frank was destined to see in his dreams for many and many a night until the mystery was solved concerning the woman whom they carried to the sleigh which was driven to the park-house where within fifteen or twenty minutes a crowd of anxious curious people gathered the messenger sent to town had done his work rapidly and thoroughly and half the villagers who heard of the tragedy enacted at their very doors started at once for tracy park the boy had stopped at the station and told his story there making the baggage-master feel as if he too were a murderer or at least an accessory 
if i had only gone after that woman he said as he told of the stranger who had come on the train and gotten off on the side of the car farthest from the depot if i had gone after her and made her take a conveyance to where she was going this would not have happened but it was so all fired cold and the wind was yelling so and she walked off so fast as if she knew her own business so i just minded mine or rather i didn't for i never even seen the box or trunk which was pitched out helter-skelter and which i found this morning all covered up with snow it is hers of course and i shall send it right over there as it may tell who the poor critter was this trunk which was little more than a strong wooden box with two double locks upon it was still further secured by a bit of rope wound twice around it and tied in a hard knot there was nothing upon it to tell whose it was or whence it came except the name of a german steamer on which its owner had probably crossed the ocean and the significant word hold showing that it had not been used in the stateroom it had been checked at the grand central depot in new york for shannondale and the check was still attached to the iron handle when it was put down in the kitchen at tracy park where the utmost excitement prevailed the servants huddling together with scared faces and talking in whispers of the terrible thing which had happened while mrs tracy and the housekeeper scarcely less excited than the servants gave their attention to the dead at the end of the rear hall was a small room where frank sometimes received business calls when at home and there they laid the body after the physician who had arrived declared that life had been extinct for many hours seen in the full daylight she seemed to be at least thirty-five years of age and her features though not unpleasing were coarse and large especially the nose her hair was black her complexion dark and the hands which lay folded upon her bosom showed marks of toil for they were rough and unshapely her woollen dress of greyish-blue was short and scant her knit stockings were black and thick and her leather shoes were designed for use rather than ornament a wide white apron was tied around her waist and she wore a small black and white plaited shawl pinned about her neck and there she lay helpless and defenceless against the curious eyes bent upon her and the remarks concerning her as one after another of the villagers came in to look at her and speculate as to who she was or how she came in the tramp-house among the crowd was mr st clair who gave it as his opinion that she was a frenchwoman of the lower class and asked if nothing had been found with her except the clothes she wore harold told him of the shawl and cloak and carpet-bag which she had carried with the child to the cottage yes there is something more her trunk chimed in the baggage-master who had just entered the room trembling and breathless her trunk then she did come in the cars frank said his hands dropping helplessly at his side and his lips growing pale as the man replied yes last night on the quarter past six from new york and what is curie's she got out on the side away from the depot and i never seen her till the cars went on when she was looking at a paper and the child crying at her feet i spoke to her but she didn't answer and snatching up the child she hurried off almost on a run it was storming so i didn't see her trunk till this morning when i found it on the platform i wish i had gone after her and made her take a sleigh if i had she wouldn't now have been dead and i swore i feel as if i had killed her i wonder why under the sun she turned into the lots unless she was going to collingwood or tracy park frank said involuntarily were you expecting any one mr st clair asked and sinking into a chair frank replied no i was not but arthur who has been worse than usual for a few days has again a fancy that gretchen is coming 
he says now that she was not in the ship with him but that he has written her to join him here and yesterday he took it into his head that she would be here last night and insisted that the carriage be sent to meet her but john had hurt his back and as i had no faith in her coming he didn't go i wish he had it might have saved this woman's life although she is not gretchen frank had made his confession except so far as deceiving his brother was concerned and he felt his mind eased a little though there was still a lump in his throat and a feeling of disquiet in his heart with a wish that the dead woman had never crossed his path and a conviction that he had not yet seen the worst of it mr st clair looked at him thoughtfully a moment and then said i should not accuse myself too much you couldn't know that any one would be there and this woman certainly is not the gretchen of whom your brother talks so much has he seen her does he know of the accident i have not told him yet he is not feeling well to-day charles says he is still in bed was frank's reply we may find something in her trunk mr st clair continued which will give us a clue to her history where do you suppose she kept her key no one volunteered an answer until harold suggested that if she had a pocket it was probably there when half a dozen hands or more at once felt for the pocket which was found at last and proved to be one of great capacity and to contain a heterogeneous mass of contents a purse in which were two or three small german coins an english sovereign and a five-dollar greenback two handkerchiefs one soiled and coarse bearing in german text the initials n b the other small and fine bearing the initial j also in german text a pair of scissors a thimble a small needle-case a child's toy a worn picture-book printed in leipzig a box of pills some peanuts some cloves a piece of candy a seed-cake a pocket-comb half a biscuit and at the very bottom the brass check whose number corresponded with that upon the trunk also a ring to which were attached three keys one belonging to the trunk another evidently to the carpet-bag while the third which was very small and straight must have been used for fastening some box or dressing-case it was mr st clair who opened the trunk from which one of the servants had removed the rope while frank sat near watching anxiously as article after article was taken out and examined but afforded no satisfaction whatever or gave any sign by which the stranger might be traced there was a black alpaca dress and a few garments which must have belonged to the woman some of them bore the initials n b some were without a mark and all were cheap and plain like the clothes of a servant the child's dresses were of a better quality and one embroidered petticoat bore the name jerine while the letter j was upon them all except a towel of the finest linen on one corner of which was the letter m worked with coloured floss jerine mr st clair repeated that is a french name and a pretty one it is the child's of course to this no one replied and he continued his examination of the trunk until it was quite empty that is all he said in a tone of disappointment and frank who had been sitting by and holding some of the things in his lap as they were taken from the trunk answered faintly no here is a book it was in her handkerchief and he held up what proved to be a german bible but he did not tell of the photograph he had found and thrust into his pocket when no one was looking at him it had slipped from the leaves of the bible and at sight of the face of which he only had a glimpse every drop of blood seemed to leave his heart and come surging to his brain making him so giddy and wild that he did not realize what he was doing when he hid away the picture until he could examine it by himself once in his pocket he dared not to take it out although he raised his hand two or three times to do so but was as often deterred by the thought that everybody would think that he had intended to hide it and suspect his motive 
so he kept quiet and saw them examine the book the blank page of which had been torn half off leaving only the last three letters of what must have been the owner's name blank i c h that was all and might as well not have been there for any light it shed upon the matter opening the book by chance at first corinthians second chapter mr st clair who could read german much better than he could speak it saw pencil marks around the ninth verse and read aloud i hath not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which god hath prepared for them that love him on the margin opposite this verse was written in a girlish hand think of me as there when you read this and do not be sorry a lock of soft golden hair which might have been cut from a baby's head and a few faded flowers were tied with a bit of thread and lying between the leaves and except that the book was full of marked passages chiefly comforting and consolatory there was nothing more to indicate the character of the owner if this bible were hers she was a good woman mr st clair said laying his hand reverently upon the forehead of the dead while frank who saw another meaning between the lines shook like one in an ague fit for he did not believe that those hands so pulseless and cold had ever traced the words think of me as there when you read this and do not be sorry she who wrote them might be and probably was dead but her grave was far away and the fact did not at all change the duty which he owed to her and him for whom the message was intended what shall i say to arthur and how shall i tell him he was wondering to himself when mr st clair roused him by saying you seem greatly unstrung by what has happened i never saw you look so ill yes i feel as if i had murdered her by not sending john to the station frank stammered glad to offer this as an excuse for his manner which he knew was strange and unnatural you are too sensitive altogether john might not have seen her she hurried off so fast and you had no particular reason to think she was coming here mr st clair said adding we'd better leave her now we can do nothing more until the coroner comes which will hardly be to-day i hear the roads are all blocked and impassable let everything remain in the trunk where he can see them mechanically mrs tracy who was present put the different articles into the trunk leaving the bible on the top and then followed her husband from the room she knew there was more affecting him than the fact that a dead woman was in the house or that he had not sent john to the station but what it was she could not guess unless and she too felt faint and giddy for a moment as a new idea entered her head frank she said to him when they were alone for a few moments arthur had a fancy that gretchen was coming last night you do not think this woman is she gretchen no don't be a fool dolly gretchen is fair and young and the woman is old and black as the ace of spades gretchen no indeed just then charles came to the room and said that his master was very much excited and wished to know the reason for so much commotion in the house and why so many people were coming and going down and up the avenue i thought it better that you should tell him charles added and with a sinking heart frank started for his brother's room he had not seen him before that day and now as he looked at him it seemed to him that he had grown older since the previous night for there were lines about his mouth and his face was very thin and pale but his eyes were unusually bright and his voice rang out clear as a bell as he said what is it frank what has happened that so many people are coming here banging doors and talking so loud that i heard them here in my room but could not distinguish what they said what's the matter any one hurt or dead he put the question direct and frank gave a direct reply yes 
a woman was found frozen to death in a tramp house this morning and was brought here she is lying in the office at the end of the back hall a woman frozen to death in the tramp house arthur repeated then i did hear a cry oh frank who is she where did she come from we do not know who she is or where she came from frank replied mr st clair thinks she is french there is nothing about her person to identify her but i would like you to see her and-and i see her why should i see her and shock my nerves more than they are already shocked arthur said with a decided shake of his head but you must see her frank continued perhaps you know her she came last night she before he could utter another word arthur was at his side and seizing him by the shoulder with the grip of a giant demanded fiercely what do you mean by her coming last night how did she come not by train for john was there frank there is something you are keeping back i know it by your face tell me the truth is it gretchen dead in this house no frank answered huskily it is not gretchen if that picture is like her for this woman is very dark and old and besides that has gretchen a child for an instant arthur stood looking at him or rather at the space beyond him as if trying to recall something too distant or too shadowy to assume any tangible form then bursting into a laugh he said gretchen a child that is the best joke i have heard how should gretchen have a child she is little more than one herself or was when i last saw her no gretchen has no child why do you ask because frank replied there was a little girl found in the tramp house with this woman she is at the cottage where harold carried her he found the woman this morning will you see her now arthur answered no decidedly and then frank who knew that he should never again know peace of mind if his brother did not see her summoned all his courage and said arthur you must i have not told you all this woman did come by train from new york then why did not john see her interrupted arthur he was not there frank replied forgive me arthur i did not send him as you thought it was so cold and stormy and i had no faith in your presentiments and so-so and so you lied to me and i will never trust you again as long as i live and if this had been gretchen i would kill you where you stand arthur hissed in a whisper more terrible to hear than louder voices would have been yes i will see this woman whose death lies at your door he continued with a gesture that frank should precede him arthur was very calm and collected and stern as he followed to the office where the body lay covered now from view but showing terribly distinct through the linen sheet folded over it remove the covering he said in the tone of a master to his slave and frank obeyed then bending close to the stiffened form arthur examined the face minutely while frank looked on alternating between hope and dread the former of which triumphed as his brother said quietly yes she is french but i do not know her i never saw her before had she nothing with her to tell who she was his mood had passed and frank did not fear him now she had a trunk he replied here it is with her clothes and the child's and a bible he said the last slowly and taking up the book opened it as far as possible from the writing on the margin which might or might not be dangerous it is a german bible he continued and then arthur took it quickly from him as if it had been a long-lost friend turning the worn pages rapidly but failing to discover the marked passage and the message for some one 
the lock of hair and the faded flowers caught his attention and his breath came hard and pantingly as for a moment he held the little golden tress in his hand this must be her child's hair you know i told you there was a little girl found with her would you like to see her frank said no no arthur answered hastily let her stay where she is i don't like children as a rule you know i can't abide the noise yours sometimes make he was leaving the room with the bible in his hand but frank could not suffer that and he said i suppose all these things must stay here till the coroner sees them so i will put the bible where i found it arthur gave it up readily enough and then as he reached the door looked back and said if forty coroners and undertakers come on this business don't bother me any more my head buzzes like a beehive see that everything is done decently for the poor woman and don't let the town bury her do it yourself and send the bill to me there is room enough in the tracy plot put her in a corner yes frank answered standing in the open door and watching him as he went slowly down the long hall and until he heard him going upstairs then locking the door which shut him in with the dead he took the photograph from his pocket and examined it minutely feeling no shadow of doubt in his heart that it was gretchen if the picture in the window was like her it was the same face the same sweet mouth and sunny blue eyes with curls of reddish golden hair shading the low brow the dress was different and more in accordance with that of a girl who belonged to the middle class but this counted for nothing and frank felt himself a thief and a liar and a murderer as he stood looking at the lovely face and debating what he should do turning it over he saw on the back a word traced in english letters in a very uncertain scrawling hand as if it were the writer's first attempt at english spelling it letter by letter he made out wiesbaden and knew it was some german town did gretchen live there he wondered and how could he find out and what should he do he had not yet seen the child at the cottage but from some things harold said he knew she was more like this picture than like the dead woman and he felt sure that he ought to show arthur the photograph and tell him his suspicions frank was not a bad man nor a hard-hearted man but he was ambitious and weak he had enjoyed money and ease and position long enough to make him unwilling to part with them now while for his children he was more ambitious than for himself to see tom master of tracy park was the great desire of his life and this could not be if what he feared were proved true i will see the child before i decide what to do he thought i can never know anything for certain and i should be a fool to give up all my children's interests for an idea which may have no foundation arthur does not know half the time what he is saying and might not tell the truth about gretchen she may not have been his wife on the whole i do not believe she was he would never have left her if she had been and if so this child if she is gretchen's has no right to come between me and mine no i shall wait a little while and think though in the end i mean to do right with these specious arguments frank tried to quiet his conscience but he could not help feeling that satan had possession of him and as he hurried through the hall he said aloud as if speaking to some one go away go away i shall do right if i only know what right is he did not see his brother again that day or go to the cottage either but as he was dressing himself next morning he said to his wife that little girl ought to see her mother before she is buried i shall send for her to-day the coroner will be here too did i tell you i had a telegram last night he is coming on the early train 
mrs tracy passed the allusion to the coroner in silence but of the little girl she said i suppose the child must come to the funeral but you surely do not mean to keep her we are not bound to do that because her mother froze to death on our premises would you let her go to the poorhouse frank asked but dolly did not reply and as the breakfast bell just then rang no more was said of the little waif until the sleigh was brought to the door and frank announced his intention of stopping for the child on his way back from the station where he was going to meet the coroner End of chapter thirteen